Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. This is Billy B.J. Jones, creator of Everyday Folks Radio and the host of this segment in series, B.J. Speaks, A Conversation With. Thank you for your continued support. We are nearing our 9,000 listen mark. This is super exciting for us. And thank you. Thank you so much, not only you, the listeners, but to all of our guests, both present and past, for your incredible time and commitment to the work that we're doing here in Everyday Folks. It really warms my heart. Today is November 12th. And again, happy Veterans Day to all the incredible veterans, those who have served us and, you know, both presently and in the past. Thank you for your contributions into this nation. And also, special shout out to my family, South Florida Fire Association. I know you're out there and you're doing great things. The International Book Fair is about to start, and I hear it's virtual. And so looking forward to visiting the virtual booth on behalf of South Florida Fire Association. If any time, at any time you'd like to reach me or our esteemed guest during this live podcast, you may call 347-539-5372. Again, that number is 347-539-5372. And if you're a little shy and prefer to inbox me with your questions, comments, or requests, you may email me at everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. That is everydayfolks, with an S, listen at gmail.com. Or you can go on my Instagram and you can go to Dr. Billy Jones and you can DM me there. Today is a special day because I have someone who I've had the esteemed pleasure of working with. So I'd like to read his biography. Dr. Morris is, a, is the founder and president of the South Florida Village Incorporated, a nonprofit organization that strives to improve the quality of South Florida families by providing support, mentoring, educational direction, professional training, and social consulting services. Dr. Morris serves on several local, state, and national organizations, including the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, NAACP, Color of Change, Campaign for Black Male Achievement, Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated, Florida Council for Social Justice, excuse me, for Social Studies, League of Women Voters of Broward County, National Council on Educating Black Children, Southern Historical Association, and a host of others. Dr. Morris is a college professor, eminent scholar, and community activist. He'd earned his Bachelor of Arts degree in history in African, in African slash Latin American studies in, um, in 1995. He remained at Colgate University to earn his Master's of Arts in teaching in secondary school, in, in secondary school social studies in 1997. His master's thesis was entitled Multicultural Schooling, an Agenda for Educating Black Students. He also earned a master's in business administration from American Intercontinental University and a doctorate in leadership and education with a specialization in exceptional student education from Bear University. His dissertation was special, was special in general education. Here's the title. Let me get it right. His dissertation was for special in general education teachers preparation and attitudes toward culturally responsive teaching of black students. Let me tell you, that was, I always have to say, Dr. Morris, when you get those dissertation titles, they are so amazing. And, 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 and people, if, if you don't understand the incredible work that a terminal degree provides you, it really affords you and prepares you for, to, to just provide that, discipline, that disciplinary thinking and, 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 and disciplinary expertise to help folks grow 
in the respective industry. It is with my pleasure that I offer and welcome my dear colleague and friend, Dr. Robert Morris. How are you, brother? I'm great. It's fantastic, Dr. Jones. Thank you for having me on your show this evening. I have to tell you, this has been a long time in the making, great sir. It really has. How many times <laughs> you and I have been going back and forth? What day, what day it is? Because this is a busy man here, folks. He is in high demand. And I want him here because he's part, and i got to share why. One, because he's just amazing. He's just an amazing person and friend, a father, and, and a colleague. But also, too, he has some really strong thoughts. And he's not only about talking the talk. He's part of the walk. You're out there actively engaged in the incredible work that needs to get done on a regular. So I salute you for that. And so, Dr. Morris, you know, throughout the years, you and I have known each other a good five years now and had the chance and opportunity to work in some amazing projects and initiatives. But the one thing I like to ask to start us off is, what have you been up to? There have been so many things going on. Every time I see you on, on social media, I'm always forwarding it. Anything that's in a village, like, forward, support. I watch these incredible stories of these young men whose lives you transform. I'm very proud of you for that. And thank you for your service. But what have you been up to lately? There's so many great things going on. Well, you, you know, Dr. Jones, you know, I, I stay busy, you know, trying to do everything, I, as I call it, God's work, because that's what mm-hmm. it truly is. And, you know, working with the South Florida Village, which was, has been my, my, my baby, or as people say, my child, as I, you know, brought it to fruition, working not only in, you know, this community, but working in all communities, because I think it's so important as I begin to mentor young people as I provide this support, this, this educational direction, this professional training, mm-hmm. it becomes so key, you know, and important for me, you know, going out into the community, speaking, you know, at different events, of course, speaking here, you know, this evening, you know, dealing with social justice, you know, I just got an email just, you know, just today that I've been invited to sit on the Broward Sheriff Office mm-hmm. Social Justice Task Force. Mm-hmm. And to me, that is a bigger concept because it, it speaks to the level of work that I do in this community as I speak about social justice when it comes to minority students around the country, and particularly looking at, you know, minority boys, because that's where my focus has been. As you talk, as I talked about it in my master's thesis, as I talked about it also in my doctoral, and as I continue to work in this community, it's about mm-hmm. what can we begin to do, the culturally responsive teaching how can we begin to address the ills or the issues that are plaguing our communities around this country and begin to do what we call I am my brother's keeper? You mm-hmm. know, I'm saving lives, but I'm also salvaging dreams is what I'm doing. And so as you see me on, whether it's on my, my, my Instagram, you know, South Florida Village, you'll find that whether I'm meeting with these young men, and of course we are definitely engaged in not only fellowship, but also brotherhood, you mm-hmm. know, and whether it's, whether we're praying together, because Mm -hmm. I think it's so important to have that background, whether we are eating together or whether I am traveling around the country. Because one of the things uh, is so important is that for a lot of these young guys who may not have fathers in their lives is that they see that there's someone who cares about them, because I think that becomes so key and important. So you may even see me travel to a college to visit one of the guys on the campus, and I'm attending Mm -hmm. a basketball game you know, mm-hmm. or I'm attending a football game or whatever it may be, you know, being that voice for our community, letting them know that, you know, mentorship does not just stop once you graduate from high school. It continues. You know, we mentor throughout. Right. You know, it never stops. You know, I'm still mentored, you know, even, you know, with a part of this village. 
So mm-hmm. that becomes to me so important. So you'll see me in different, you know, different events, different avenues, talking at different events, speaking on social justice, especially as it relates to minority students, but particularly, particularly to minority boys, because to me that becomes so crucial and important because we have so many young men in our communities that do not have those father figures, that do not have that, that, that resource to begin to help them become successful. And my goal is to become that brick that will help them begin to move their lives forward mm-hmm. in such a difficult society that people have seen as claiming the lives of so many minority men on our, in, you know, in our community. So that's, that's what I've been busy doing, you know, saving lives, because I think that to me is the most important. And I, as I tell people, when these eyes are closed and when God says, says you know, well done, I want to say, look, well done my faithful servant, because that's who I am. I'm a servant to this community, giving back as much as I can, because there was someone who stepped in and gave back to me. And Mm. that's what our role and responsibility are is. And that's what I charge all of those, you know, people in my village. I'll call them members of my village. My Mm -hmm. goal is Mm -hmm. you can never pay me back. And the goal is you're not. The goal is each one teach one. So you need to reach back and find as many people that you can also begin to offer the same mentorship, educational direction, to consult, whatever it is that that child may need. And That's then, right. of course, guess what? Once we start doing that, get some, let's imagine that domino effect and how we can make some serious changes in our community and making this a better place, not only just for me, but for you, for my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, my great-great-grandchildren, that's what it's all about. I have to ask you, you mentioned a few seconds ago that someone did it for you. So who or what inspired you? Could you share a little bit? Because you do so much for so many young men. But I know there was a Robert and there's a story before that, which I, you shared with me before. But who inspired you or what has inspired you to, to, to do the incredible things that you're doing today, to be the man you are today? Well, I, you know, I, I definitely, definitely have to give honor to God because I think that's the first person that's so important, you know, who's always mm-hmm. ahead of my life, mm-hmm. you know, and like I said, that's the reason why I am a part who I am today. But I also have to give, you know, homage and respect to my own mentors, um, Yara Soka, um, who was an advocate for the United Teachers of Dade, Dr. Mm-hmm. Shirley Johnson, who was the former vice pre- president of the NAACP, um, my grandparents, um, John and um, Lou Randall. And then, of course, you know, my other spiritual people, you know, my extended family, you know, um, Patricia and Keith McCulloch. I mean, without them, I don't think I can be who I am. I don't think I can be the man I am without mm-hmm. them. When there were times where I thought that I was going to give up, I, could, I was able to call on the phone and talk to you. I remember when I decided that I was moving away to college, I thought I was going to become a medical doctor because that was my calling. I thought I wanted to be an OBGYN all my life. That's all I thought about. And wow. then I got to college and recognized my junior year you know, even joined the Army as a medic, worked in the operating room, Dr. Jones, sure. can you imagine, as an operating room specialist. And then that junior year of, of college, I ran into Professor Pete Bader Haley, talked with, in a history class. For the first time, I was like, oh, hmm. <laughs> wow. And said, you know what? My God-driven mission is to give back to this community. And from then on, that is what I've been doing. And so Yara was an educator. 
Dr. Johnson was Shirley Johnson was an educator. My grandparents did not even have an elementary school education. And so I know that I was the reflection of my ancestors, mm-hmm, family mm-hmm. members who had not gone on. I was the first in my um, immediate family to go to college. And, of course, as me and pushed me, even as my grandmother pushed me, when, I, when it was times where I thought going to a college that was a PWI, private white institution, mm-hmm. where there were issues of racism mm-hmm. and, you know, Yarrow being, you know, white and Shirley being black. And I remember them coming to campus when I graduated and everyone said, well, who are your, who are your parents? There they go. There's their Shirley <laughs> and their Jarrow. And everyone in, 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 their, in their mouths dropped because they were like, that's a white man. I said, he was more to me than a father in the same way as, you know, Keith McCulloch was. May not necessarily have been my blood father, but I tell mm-hmm. you, Dr. Jones, is that God put people in your lives for a reason. Right. And I, right. I can tell you that those two men were my fathers because my father was absent, you know. And, of course, as I got older, I, I built a relationship with my father. But those two men taught me those things necessary for what it meant to be a man and to be a, a pillar of this community. And they did everything in that power to make sure I had everything that I needed to be successful. And to me, that spoke volumes. Even though my grandparents may not have had an education, my grandmother said that, baby, no matter what book you, whatever degree you grab, unless you have a degree in the Bible, in God, there was nothing else that matters in this world. And I said, and, and, and to me, that spoke on because that said what my grandmother knew what was right, important right. in order for me to, to last and go through, which was God had to be the center. Because as long as God is at the center of everything in your life, guess what? There's nothing else that needs to happen because God is going to make it work for you in whatever way it's possible. And so mm. with those people surrounding me, that to me opened up doors and opened yeah. up volumes where, where people say doors were closed. I never had to worry about that because if I needed a prayer, I can call grandma. Baby, let's pray. Close your eyes. So I went on the phone in college. Mm-hmm. You know, if I needed a prayer, to, um, Shirley mm-hmm. Johnson, let's talk about it. If I, if I needed to talk about something related to men, I can call, I can call Keith, or I can, or I can call Yarrow, and I can talk to them. And, you know, and they, like I said, even I'm saying, first of all, those were fathers. And I think that's so important to remember. And, and why my village becomes so important to me is because it's so important to have that village. We got to get back it to is. that. We do. And, we and, do. And that's where the name get, kind of gave birth because I had that true village around me of people who were from different walks of life who kind of helped me begin to open up doors that I never thought that sometimes I thought was going to be closed. And I think sometimes, you know, young people out there are confused, sometimes dazed, and they realize that I have to have, or who am I going to call on? And like I tell my young people, hey, I'm here, whether it's seven o'clock in the morning. One o'clock in the morning or late at night, and whatever the issue may be. And I think that's one of the things that we have to begin to realize, too, as a part of people who are beginning to help young people grow, is that they're going to make mistakes. And so I made mistakes, but I can guarantee you there were people there who were still able to support me and make sure that I did not make those same mistakes. And I think those were people who made me successful in who I am. And so, like I say, I may be Dr. Morris. But I always tell people at the end of the day, I'm still Robert. And I won't say my <laughs> nickname online on, on this phone call, but, you know, my grandmother for all of her life called me my nickname. And guess what? 
And I loved her for that because she still remembered who I was. Right. And right. whose I was. And right. to me, right. that spoke volumes in itself. I love it. I love it. I love it. And, and I have to share, you're lighting up the lines here. I want to say to folks, thank you for listening. You're listening live here with Billy B.J. Jones here on Everyday Folks with a B.J. Speaks, a conversation with. I'm here with Robert Morris, Dr. Robert Morris, my dear colleague and friend. And Dr. Morris, we're getting some calls and messages. And you know, as I shared before in our prep for the show, I said, <laughs> you know, when you get great folks like yourself, things just start happening. And folks, the reason why I had to share this, Everyday folks exist because I'm, I'm a short story writer um, and I write short story collections. I'm very excited about the stories of folks, folks who are doing some extraordinary things within their respective communities, making a difference in their lives, or even more so, just having a good old time and fun. And I think Dr. Morris embodies all three. Dr. Morris, it's a shout out for you, by the way. Ms. Sylvia Bustabante says, Dr. Morris is an inspiration for all of us invested in diversity, equity, and inclusion. I have participated in several of his presentations and always learned so much. Kudos to you, sir. Congratulations. Thank you. And, here, and here's another question coming in, actually. We're going to go ahead and take somebody's question. Here goes, Doc. Jason wants to know, Jason, thanks for listening, by the way. He writes, Dr. Morris, of all the pressing needs or issues occurring in your, in, in your work today, what issue or need is most critical to you at this moment and why? Jason, you know, first of all, thank you for your question and thank you for listening. I think the most pressing issue for me is making sure that the young people have the tools, and I, as I call the nuggets, mm-hmm. that are so crucial for their success. And I think for me, that becomes a crucial tool is that I, myself, and a part of this South Florida village, I try to make mm-hmm. sure that our young people begin to have those tools because I think with those tools, you can just imagine what you can do. Because when someone says no, with the tools that you have, God will open mm-hmm. up and say yes. Mm-hmm. And I think to me, that's the most pressing thing that, you know, because I can do a lot of different things. But right, giving right. young people the tools that they need, and I know that Dr. Jones will echo it as people who are, you know, working at the collegiate level, working with young people, our goal every single day is to inspire them, to engage them, to get them ready. And as I tell my students, I'm getting you ready to become productive citizens of society and actively engage, engage in this democratic process and what it looks like, making sure that at every election you are voting, you are reading what's happening. And even as I engage my students in history, historians disagree. Don't just take my word. Let me give you words from different people who are talking about this history. So that we can begin to, and then you, what you do is formulate your own opinion mm-hmm, based mm-hmm. on the information that is given, because that's how you become one of the, what we call one of those critically analytical people in the world, because you don't want anyone to tell you what you can find out for yourself just by reading and becoming inspired. That in itself will begin to open doors for you, and I think that's where it becomes important, giving them the tools needed to be a success, to be a better them. And, and, Doc, I have to ask this question. Jason's question prompts this. We're in South Florida, and there's so many critical needs. We're also working under some, in some very unprecedented times. So how has COVID influenced or impacted any of the incredible work that you're doing? Well, it, it definitely has. I mean, of course, a lot of the work that I do, I have to do virtually. Right. You know, you, you can't, I can't 
meet with a young man like I want to. I can't meet with a village like I want to. But I, mm-hmm. well, one of the things they do know is that I'm available via phone or I'm available via Zoom or I'm FaceTime, you know, because they all have my phone number, so they know that I'm available. And so that becomes a challenge, you know, even for our students in the classroom and as we talk, you know, it, it's, it's difficult because we're living in unprecedented times than we've ever done. And, of course, for a lot of our young people, it becomes a challenge because I've never had to deal with a pandemic. What is right, a pandemic? Right, like right. What do you mean that there's COVID-19? What do you mean for the first time I have to remain remote? And, and we got to think about those students who are not students who are remote learners. Remember about those students who are, you know, kinesthetic, who needs to touch. Right, those right. students who need, to, who need to see, those students who need to be engaged in the conversation. In the, and this remote learning makes it difficult for those type of learners. It does. And we, we does. recognize that, especially for a lot of our minority students and especially for minority boys, that becomes hard. It, it becomes it a is. challenge. Or, or, or better yet, when we begin to talk about things that have happened, with whether it's George Floyd or Ahmaud Arbery or Breonna Taylor, or the list that goes on, and right. helping to begin to understand what do you mean that there was police brutality, or, 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 or why is there a rebirth of the Black Lives Movement? You know, are those people just protesting just to protest, right. not realizing that, you know, historically, young people or youth have been at the, found of, at the, at the front of movements around the, front. the country. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, so right. this Black Lives Movement is just an extension of the Civil Rights Movement. Or, or as I tell people, you know, this is the third reconstruction. The first one happened right after slavery. The right, second one right. happened during the Civil right. Rights Movement. And right now we're having a third one. And if you read, you know, um, Michelle Alexandri's, you know, Jim Crow America, it mm-hmm, begins to mm-hmm. help you understand. And, mm-hmm. and that's why I tell my students, it's so important to empower yourself with knowledge because once you know what you know what you know, no one can ever take that away from you because they can't challenge you with, with words and knowledge that you already know, that you've read, that you've researched, that you understood. So even in the midst of this pandemic, because I know that it's definitely difficult for a lot of our students, and not just students, but I think with faculty, staff, college, even parents. Right. Well, <laughs> and let me share on that. You know, you're, you're bringing in a good point here, and that is, you know, the equity concerns, a lot of the, these young men, especially the ones who you're, that we're working with locally in the community, you know, the digital divide is even greater now because now, because we have to be um, virtually engaging in that regard, there are, we still haven't addressed the other issues, which is the issue of, of equity and, 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 op- and opportunities in terms of technology access, because now we have 24 hours and seven days a week access to easy knowledge. And if you don't have that readily, but only in the school, and even the schools sometimes don't even have the best resources, you know, we create, we're only creating this further divide here, and the disparity becomes right. even more immense. And, and Nicole has right. another question for you, Doc. Here's another one for you. How much of the work, thank you for listening, Nicole, how much of the community work do you do, that you do was inspired by your own story or journey? That's a good question. All these things that you're doing here, does it speak to from a? Does it come from a personal space? Absolutely, it does. Um, You know, you know, Dr. Jones. I think that becomes so key and important. I mean, being a a product of a of a single family home, Mm -hmm. and being, um, you know, living with my mom, living with grandparents, you know, as well. And like mm-hmm. I said, having grandparents who did not go to college, who did not even have, like mm-hmm. I said, elementary school education. But one thing they stressed was, you know, going to school, pushing 
all of us to our full potential. Whatever mm-hmm. that was, you know, whatever you wanted to be, I knew I could be because it, was in, it, it started at home. And I think that when my, my, my mentors, you know, Shirley and, you know, Yarrow and Keith and Patricia came in my life, it, it, it pushed it even more. Because even sometimes where, you know, I may have thought that I could not do it, right. they were there to say that it, I, I, I could do it. And, you know, as my, you know, grandmother and grandfather were not, like I said, did not have an elementary school education, and my grandfather was hardworking, you know, raising 12 children, and as my mom raised, you know, five of us and went to grandma's home, I, you know, I, I, I tell the story, my, my, my friends laugh, mm-hmm. you know, I remember in, I think it was first or second grade, and my grandmother walked to school. I don't know what I did, Dr. Jones. Can't tell you what I did. And my grandmother came to the school with her belt in her purse. And that was the first time, Dr. Jones, in all of my life, Dr. Jones, that I got a spanking from my grandmother in front of the classroom. Wow. And my, the principal said, Miss, Mrs. Randall, you can't spank him. She said, you're going to let me take care of this. My grandmother spanked me in the classroom. Walked back home because my grandmother did not drive. Walked back home, and I got a spanking again when I got home. I got a spanking from my grandfather, and I got a spanking from my mother and a few aunts and uncles because you know what the village. Because what I did was my grandmother said, "How can you act up when school is so important to you, to our mm-hmm. future?" And to me, that ignited that I had to do my best mm-hmm. because I don't know what I did. But that one incident in my life told my story because my grandmother, a person that did not even have what I even have, felt knew how important it was and was willing to go at all costs because she could have been arrested that day. Right, right. For taking me in the classroom. But she knew that if she did not put a stop to whatever it was that day, I wouldn't be the person I am here talking to you today. Right. Because right. she knew that how important it was to get an education. And so I could always lean on her. And I appreciate that. And even as I wrote my, 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 my doctoral dissertation and why I looked at black students, because I realized that, because I know there were probably a lot of black students who had right, similar right. stories right. Like to, my, to my grandparents. <laughs> and, that, and that story sounds very similar to my own. You just knew, you know, I love the idea of the motif of the village. You just knew. If the village was in place and it had its purpose, you, you knew your purpose. And I think that's the key right. here. And at the end of the day, as a child, we both were, we came cut from the same cloth. We were recognized. Your purpose right now is to make a difference. And your, your full-time job is to get that quality education. And, yes, playing right. and all these other things are great, and they're fine for childhood growth. But at the end of the day, they're, you know, you're going to be playing with life, and life is real. It's a very real four-letter word. And how old were you at the time when she did that? I'm just curious. Like I said, if it was first or second grade, I had to be either six or seven. So very, very young, you know, and like I said, I could, I never got to thank it ever again. (laughs) (laughs) To say the least. And, you know, and, 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 you know, and, and I graduated top of my class, you know, and, and, and I got actively involved, you know, in our, in, in our community, you know, I was a part of the, I did the University of Miami cancer research when I was at, you know, Miami Edison, you know, senior high school, you know. So I knew that I was going to college because, like I said, it was instilled from the beginning. And anything that stopped that process or or derailed that process was to my grandparents or to my family was not acceptable. It was not going to happen. Even as my mentors, you know, joined my life, 
you know, later on as I entered high school, they mm-hmm. knew the same exact thing. They didn't have to talk to my grandparents. They knew what was, was right. going to be important. Right. You know, Shirley Dr. Dr. knew what was important. Yara Sukroka knew what was going to be important. Even as I worked on my doctorate degree and as I was going through that, you know, trial, you know, raising a family, you know, as a single father, and also, you know, I had, I had three jobs. I was working on my MBA at the same time mm-hmm. and my PhD. You know, I, I just knew, I, I knew that drive. I worked around the table with my kids doing homework because I wanted to put in their vision how key and important an education was. Right. And even though I may have been working, it was so important for them to do so well. Like I tell my, my, my own people, the members of my village, you got to do better than Dr. Morris. Mm. So that means you got to get two doctor mm. degrees. You got to get two doctor degrees because that's only what's acceptable. I love because it. Because that's I love what it. I, I, I heard it over and over and over and over as a, as a young person. And even as an adult, even Dr. Johnson, you know, tells me, now, you got to be better than Dr. Johnson. So I knew I had to get a PhD because Dr. Johnson had a PhD. Right. It was right. No, it, right. I, I had to. No exceptions. So there was, was no such thing, no exceptions to the rule. So even as I went through, and I, and I would tell you, you know, it, it's rough. And Dr. Johnson, you know it's rough. It is. As, as it we is. go through. And imagine I was doing it with, as I was working on my MBA and as I was raising three children. Right. And still, and working. <laughs> but I, I, I give all kudos wow. to God, wow. but I give also kudos to the people in my village. Right, the village, right. Help me because, because then I was able to, you know, utilize sisters. Hey, sister, I need to drop off the kids for a couple hours so I can right, go. Right. I got to go you to school. Or I need to work. I, 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 I got to work on this. Yeah. And, and, right. and we got to get back to that. We got to get back to what we know that has worked and that has been successful for communities around the country, which is that village. And until we begin to wrap our heads around that village, again, that's why we lose so many people. Yeah. And yeah. if young people know that you truly care, Dr. Jones, they I can go guarantee you. Because once they, that's all they got to know. You got to know they care. And, and, and one of the things, if you ask anyone who's a part of my village, they will tell you, I know that Dr. Morris cares. I know that Dr. Morris loves me. I can call him at any time and know that he's not going to pass judgment, but he's going to work with me where I'm at. If I don't know, guess what? I, I get myself involved in activities around the community because guess what? Those community people are going to help who? The young people in my village. Absolutely. And that, that's a great way to segue to Lawrence's question. By the way, folks, you're listening live here with Dr. Robert Morris, college professor, and just amazing extraordinaire, all the incredible things he's doing. He's also the founder of an incredible organization here in South Florida, the South Florida Village Incorporated, a nonprofit organization. He's doing such great work. This next question, it, it, it definitely, it, it pairs nicely. If you'd like to speak to Dr. Morris or me during this live podcast, you can call in. I always give the number, Doc, but they always email instead. The number is 347-539-5372. Again, that's 347-539-5372. And I see that you're not shy in my inbox, so we're going to try to do some spitfire here, some <laughs> rapid fire on some of these questions. That in-the-box um, email address is everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. And my Instagram is drbillyjones for that direct message. So here's an interesting point. And this one's coming in from, hold on, there's so many great ones here. You have a lot of questions here coming in now. So, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Lawrence wants to know, 
Dr. Morris, you mentioned you mentioned your incredible work in South Florida. Do you have interest to take your work to a national or international level? And I would say to you, Lawrence, that I do. And actually, I, you know, I, I work with my, my fraternity brother, who is a part of the Student African American Brotherhood, mm-hmm. Dr. Blitzell. He's also a Sigma. And so I've actually taken a, twice, I've taken a group of young men to what we call the Young Men's Conference. And in that That's Young great. Men's Conference, you know, they were able to begin to engage with other young people as well. In terms mm-hmm. of, you know, so they knew they had to wear ties. So every young man, if you didn't have a tie, we found a tie, you know, for you. Made sure you had a jacket. And so definitely this work needs to be a national. Even when um, President Obama came up with his My Brother Keepers initiative, right. to me, that became, that, that spoke volumes to me. Because to mm-hmm. me, that becomes, you're only doing, taking it at this national level. And I know that Dr. Blexer, what he does with Student African American Brothers, is now international. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so, right. and that's the goal. You know, because I think that the, the, this notion of a village is not just local to South Florida. It's not just local to New York City. It's everywhere. Anywhere you can create a village that are gonna, that's going to help support young people become a success, we need to be there. And we have to begin to create that so that they feel like that's happening. People love them and there's a network that people truly care about who they are and where they're going to be in the long run. So I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to definitely, you know, dialoguing, you know, with others around the country, mm-hmm. you know, and even mm-hmm. international. Because I think that what we do here, what I do here, can be replicated anywhere. And I know that there's others that do it. I mean, I know we have the 100 Black Men of South Florida. I know we also have the 5,000 role models. So there's right, groups right. out there that are doing similar work. Who need well, who think, need help and want to and yes. welcome the help. Right. And I think that's what's more important, you know, beginning to create other organizations or similar organizations right. that can begin to breed life into these young people, you know, that's happening. That's what's important. So absolutely, sir. Here's another question for you. And this was an interesting question. Juan, thank you for listening. He wants to know, how do you stay motivated in all that you do, even when times are rough, Dr. Morris? Who, you know, how do you stay motivated through all this? Well, I think how I stay motivated is, is, is the, the young people, you know, because their drive and their ambition. Because I know that I'm doing it for a bigger cause, you right. know, and I know that this is a God-driven mission. And, you know, when you are, I guess they say, well, you're out of fumes, I guess that's what he's asking. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. you begin to, you, you know, what, like I said, a family that prays together stays together. And so guess what? I talked to one of the guys on, 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 over the phone. They call me. You know, when, when you think, oh, they call, and they get you re-energized and get you motivated all over again. And it begins to, you begin to say, now I understand or I really do appreciate why I right. do what I do. Because when Moses called me, it was important. When Malik called me this morning at 6 a.m., guess what? I had to talk to him. Because I, if he's calling me that early, I knew there was something that was what? on his mind that he began to do what? That he didn't share with me. And so that's the motivation that I need because I know that each one of them are going to be success stories. You know why? Because I've reached out and touched them. And guess Mm. what? They're going to reach out and do what? 
touch other people. Touch because others. if you begin to look at the, the, those who are part of my village mm-hmm. and what they're doing around the country, and Dr. Jones, you know, as you follow me on, you know, Instagram, these mm-hmm. young men or these young people are doing some phenomenal things, you know, in the community. You know, Demetrius Jackson has his own nonprofit to help young men. So see here, Isn't that what amazing? happens? It's amazing. He, he he's creating another organization that's doing the exact mm-hmm. same thing that was done in the South Florida village. You know, Moses is a firefighter with Orange, you know, Orange County. Malik is, you know, in school. We, you know, we have Richie who's we're doing phenomenal work in overtime. We have um, Kareem. Do, you know, that's what it's all about. Each yeah. one teach yeah. one. You know, we're giving back, and I think that's what keeps me motivated because I recognize like, wow, because you see the fruits of your labor. And I think that, to me, speaks to the story or to the truth of this whole South Florida village because we definitely have to see the fruits of our labor. I think if I didn't see the fruits of my labor, I think I would get burnt out. But yeah. I think I don't and it because could I think that you. It could be very it exhausting. Could. You're absolutely right. I, I think that that's a great segue to the next question, actually, and it's related to the work we do in higher education. You know, you can get burned out, and, and, and staying motivated is, is tough. But, you know, Juan, is, what's interesting is that uh, you know, too much is given, much is required. And mm. we're given so many astounding gifts and talents. And and Dr. Morris and I were having a conversation well before the show, and we were chatting and just, you know, just catching up. And one of the things he said that just stuck, struck, struck, stayed with me is this. Of all the things that are going on, we're still here. We're still alive. And not, and not long as we are above ground and breathe, and especially if our, if our biological needs, it's hard to see outside if your biological needs are not being met, right? So we have to acknowledge right. that. But for many individuals, Absolutely. we know those individuals who have those needs being met. So how can we move to the next levels and, and stages to really make a difference in somebody else's life? And so that now brings us to higher education. And this is an interesting question from Maria. She, and I'm going to read it slowly so you can get it here. Doc, what are some of the things you've seen, okay, in higher education that we, should all, that we, that we all should be concerned about regarding black and Latino males? What should we be doing? It's a very good question, Maria. I, Maria, I think the first thing that needs to be noticed is we, we got to begin to engage these young men. And I think you got to engage them before they come to higher education. Let me start yeah, there we first, do. Maria. Yep. And, and, and because I think that what happens is we have very few um, black and Latin men who come to higher education. That's the first step. So mm-hmm. we have to begin to talk about what do we need to do at the K-12 level, because I think that's first. Because mm-hmm. once we begin to capture them at the K-12 level, that becomes very important to their, their, their identity as they move forward. But I think once they get to the, the, the college level, we've got to begin to um, engage them in terms of what are the issues that, that are impeding them from being successful. Some of them may be in survival mode. I'm worried because, guess what, I, I'm, I'm the, the adult in my home trying to take care of uh, family whether that could be moms, sisters, brothers, whatever it may. So I have to work. Or I may be a person that may have a child because we know that it's an issue among right, our right, black and brown community. So we got to begin to talk about that. Another issue I remember one of the young men uh, when I, that I had in class talked about the issue of, you know, interacting with police, whether you, a crime was committed, whatever that may have been, whether it could have been um, I stole something or I'm worried about um, – paint, you know, child support. So, I, I, of course, you know, the state of Florida, you know, if you don't pay this, it's been your license, once it's been right, your license, right, 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 the right. whole procedure that goes mm-hmm. on with that. 
And, right. and, and that's why it's so important as, as a member of this village, I begin to bring other people into the village who can begin to help these young men as they go through these crises. Because contrary to popular belief, our young people deal with way more issues than you and I may have dealt with, Dr. Right. Jones, when we, when we went to college. That's I'm true. worried about where my next meal is going to be. I'm a little right. worried that I'm, I'm homeless and I'm living in my car. Or I'm, you know, I'm worried that because, you know, I'm LGBTQ and because my parents are not accepting of that, I got put out of my home. You know, so all of these issues begin to compound itself. And I think colleges have to become very much more aware and yes, have to do. begin to yes, form, I, I think, com- yes. committees. And I think in, in the classroom, I think faculty and staff have to begin to, you got to begin to know your, your students. You got to begin to get engaged in terms of what are the issues. Like when you, when you see a student that hasn't, you know, shown up to class, you know, what I do, I just send a quick note. Hey, just worry yeah. about you. Notice you haven't been to class. Taking the pulse. Is there yeah. anything that's going on? You're, you're, you know, going on? Can you put right. you know, some, I know that when, once they get to college, I know you may say that's, that's a lot of work. It may be, but just imagine how many lives you will save yeah. just by that one email that you sent because they recognize that you care. That student would say to me, no, but I'm, I'm, you're the first professor that actually reached out. And that's, that's so valuable to me. And I say, you know what? I just want to make sure you're successful. That's right. And I think that you know, one of the things that we do at, you know, at, at, at Broward is we do the minority male initiative. Yeah. You know, and so we meet with the males you know, once a month, talking about issues that may, have, that, that may be impacting their lives, bringing speakers in, whether they're speakers. You know, with, with my village, one of the things I did with them, I brought in a speaker from the University of Miami that talked about um, had sex education. I remember bringing in someone from the um, Miami State Attorney's Office that talked about child support. What are the rights of, 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 of men when they're pregnant? Because I had a few guys in my village that had babies who were not seeing their children. So that's, that's what I had to do. Well. I, I had to begin to look at what my needs were of right, my village. Right. And, as, as, and as educators, we got to begin, what are the needs of our students? Because it's easy for us to help them then expect, well, you're going to just come in and just do what I have when they need to do. The reality of the situation is that's not real. That's not real-world America. And I think that that question is timely because we need to do much more as a community, and especially as people who are at this higher education level. Because guess what? A lot of young men start. And if you look at the, the data, it says out of every three men that start on, you know, college, guess what? There's only three left by the time the four year at, at graduation. So what yeah, does that say? Yeah, the retention say? is scared. That it says, says a lot. The retention, it, it, it says a lot about what we're doing in terms of mm-hmm. retaining them. Remember, you can mm-hmm. bring them to the campus, but you got to retain, we got to retain them as well. You have to retain them. And they have them. to be able to graduate. Oh, and I think that's point. where we got to be. And I think that's where I, you know, I, I'm so happy and um, honored to be a part of, you know, organizations like the South Florida Village that I founded, but also on our college campus where we, you know, we do a lot too with the Minority Male Initiative, working with Broward County Public Schools and making sure that we make that connection from the K-12 level, bringing those young men in so they can see, you know, what it means to be on a college campus, reading it in their minds already that, look, you can go to college. And then the next step is helping them find money for it. Right, and that's right. one of the things that I also sure. do, you know, in my, in, in my village is beginning to, you know, scholarship. I remember when we did that right. institute, remember Dr. Jones? Right. And those young men came in, and I, and I gave them a whole list of scholarships. They're like, oh, my God, I'm overwhelmed. Don't be overwhelmed. Find the ones that fit you. 
Make a timeline. Get your get and your start journey, a plan. your agenda. That's right. And, and start a plan. Stop. And if you need me to read college essays, you know that's something that becomes important. You know because that's what I do. You know with the NAACP, I'm a part of mm-hmm. the not only the civic engagement committee but also the education committee. And one of the things that I did was go around into our communities, beginning to help students with the essay write the, the essay writing process for college. Right. But right. also right. not only that. I'm not going to make an assumption that every kid is going to go to college either. So beginning right, to help the kids with right. resume writing, those kids who may want to go to what? Go to the workforce. And bringing in those different venues or those vendors who can begin to do what? Help students. And help. that's why help. you have to become yep. the, the wealth of resources for our young people because contrary to popular belief, even as they transition to college, they still need us. They do. They do. And, and that's a great segue, actually, to Nancy's question. Nancy, and this is even, these questions are good. <laughs> Nancy wants to know, since the pandemic, the world is looking at America and how we engage with each other and deal with our own issues. So here, I want you to put on your historian hat. Okay, Doc? Okay. What lessons do you think we can take away from this historic era? Whew. That's deep, Nancy. Nancy. <laughs> oh, Nancy. Nancy, and I hope you're not a historian because this is, this is so good. And it's, but it also to, it provides that reflection because I, I'll start, if I may. I think one of the things that we could take away initially from this lesson is this. If we can think that we can operate as a nation in the magnitude and at the speed we were before March 2020, we are sadly mistaken. We must grow. We must begin to recognize and understand that diversity is more than just a hiring, a hiring term and how we engage and who we onboard into our team. That it is an awareness that we are making sure that there is understanding, consideration, and representation in all facets of our, of our society and how we all embrace and see each other, not just as one particular, ultimately the one race, the human race. And I think this divisiveness that we're, that's going on, it's, it's too much. And I think that we, got, we have to get to a stage where we really understand that the conversations, like the one we're having now, or the one that Dr. Morris, you were on a week ago, you were on a panel for a two-hour panel on a Thursday evening at the college, and where there were just an impressive conversations. And I, I mean, the two, two hours flew so quickly because the, the conversation was that real. We don't have enough mm-hmm. of these chats and moments, but enough of the talking, we got to start doing some acting. So what lessons right. do you think, Dr. Morris, can we take away from all that we've seen, let's say, in 2020? Can I, can I, can I use a quote from my, my, my esteemed fraternity brother, who I find as a, a leader and also sure, who was – you know, I'm going to use this quote, um, Nancy, for me from um, John Lewis. And one of the things he said is that, do not get lost in a sea of despair. Be hopeful. Be optimistic. Our struggle is not the struggle of a day, a week, a month, or a year. It is the struggle of a lifetime. Never be afraid to make some noise and get in good trouble, necessary trouble. And I think as we reflect on not only just this pandemic, which is, you know, with the COVID-19, but I think also reflection on the Ahmaud Arbery's, the um, George Floyd, the Breonna Taylors, and the many right. others, I think it becomes so important, and I think, Dr. Jones, you said it well, is that we have to begin to unite together, unite together as, as no other, realizing that it becomes so important for us to begin to know that our struggle is a universal struggle. Right. And it becomes so important for us to begin to feed into ourselves, because guess what? 
My success is not just the success of Robert. Guess what? It's the success of Mrs. Randall, who had mm-hmm. to come into that school that one day and disciplined me. I was all, I, I am the reflection of that. And so and you have to begin to ask yourself, life's most persistent and urgent question is what are you doing for others? Right, right. And right. if you can't say that, because the greatness of a community is most accurately measured by the compassionate actions of its members. And if you can't be compassionate about what others are going through, even when you, it may not be your time today, but it could be your time tomorrow. That's right. And you may want that same right. compassion that that person wanted from you what? Yesterday. Yesterday. So yeah. If, yeah. You, if, you, if you know that, everything else becomes real for you. Because as we go through this COVID-19, and I know some people say, well, I never had to deal with it because it doesn't become personalized to me. But guess what? Today may not be your day. Tomorrow Mm -hmm. may not be your day. Mm -hmm. Next week may not be your day. Mm -hmm. But guess what? It may come next month. That's right. Or it may come down the road. And so once we begin to realize that we are a community of people who are thriving under one God, as I say, get one God, and as we begin to love each other like we loved each other, no other. What can be done and begin to change this world if we just learn how to love each other? I learned mm. how to love Dr. Jones. Not because it's Dr. Jones, but because he's a human being. Because I want that same love to be what? Reciprocated Return. to me. So if we haven't learned anything from this pandemic, one of the things that we have to learn, especially as we, as we heal our nation during this pandemic, because remember, these next couple months is going to be crucial for us to heal our nation. We got to bring people back together, people to love each other, not beginning to buy into people who are dividing us as a people. Because my success is Dr. Jones's success. Dr. Jones's success, we got to stop with all of the hating. Yeah. Yeah. That becomes crucial and, and, and important. And once we become intelligent about who we are and whose we are, then we will start, we'll start loving each other with God's love. And with God's love, it can conquer all. Because guess what? It conquered throughout the years of history of slavery, discrimination, and it continues to carry a community, uh, this black and brown community, that has for so long been right. marginalized, or as, as, as some people say, on the fence. <laughs> but, it, but, 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 as my, but as my Angela say, still I ride. <laughs> and so that's what it's all about Is that in the midst of this Still I rise And my success is going to be your success Nancy And that's what it's all about And that's why this village Becomes so important Because we are what each other's success And when you're weak I'm strong When I'm strong if you may be weak I'm strong We are building on each other To do what Make sure that we all rise together Just imagine if we did that And just imagine if that happened around the nation what would this world be if that was a true statement all the time? Not just some of the time, because I think we, you know, we, we, we can't just do it in moments of controversy. Right, right, right. We got to do it all the that, time. That's a good See, point. That's, that's a good that's, point. That's, that's, where, that's where, Nancy, I have a problem, because after this pandemic is over, let's have some real conversation. Are we going to continue to love each other? After the George Ford incident, are we still going to love each other? After this pandemic, am I going to still be there to help my brother and sister who may be in need? Am I going to still be there? 
Are we going to rise together or are we going to rise apart? Mm, well said. Well said. And, folks, I think we have one caller. We're down to our last 10 minutes, folks. You're listening live with me, Billy B.J. Jones, creator of Everyday Folks Radio. And I'm here with my dear colleague and friend, Dr. Robert Morris, college professor and founder of South Florida Village Incorporated, a nonprofit organization that it strives to improve the quality of South Florida families by providing support, mentoring, educational direction, professional training, and social consulting services. So let's see if we can get this caller in online, Doc. Greeting caller, you are live on the air. I'm not sure if you're still there. Caller? Hello? Hello, how are you today? Hello? Oh, hello, good evening, gentlemen. How are you? We're actually good evening, sir. to the show. How can we help? Let's look. Any questions for us or any comments? No questions, just comments. I just want to thank Dr. Morris. We are from, uh, or I'm from Indian River State College. We're meeting with us tomorrow. So we were just listening and we love what we're hearing. And we're just looking forward to a wonderful meeting tomorrow. And thank you for your, for your diligent and hard work that you're doing. Uh, we certainly see this as an example for us as we move forward in what we are trying to do at our institution and in our community. So thank you for, for all of your work. You're a great example. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you so much. Oh, that's just wonderful. And, you know, Doc, it's things like that. Folks, you have to hear. I, I got to go about this man for a minute, okay? Because I, I've seen what he does. We shared students. We've worked programs together, working with high school mentoring programs and things like that. And what you see is what you get. And that is for, and I'm forever grateful for that. And what's more is that you're never, ever, you're never too tired to give. And I love that. You're always ready to make lend a hand, and you have so many exciting things. That's why so many, so many exciting individuals want a part of you and want you to be part of their incredible work. So I'm going to ask this final question for you, and just a brief comment would be great for you. So you're doing all this great thing. So I want you to project out, Dr. Morris. It is now 2020, but in, in 10 years, it's going to be 2030. It'll be a little older, <laughs> even more wiser. <laughs> but even, guess what, a little more certain, right? a little more certain than mm-hmm. we were before because so many things will have come to fruition by that time in our lives. What do you hope to have accomplished? Just changing lives is, 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 my, mm-hmm. is my goal. And I think that what I would love to do is continue to do the work of God's work because I think that it is what, what I am and who I am. And I want to make sure that what I've done and will continue to do will be what will be good in his eyesight and that's giving back to this community unselfishly. And I think that's what's so important is what we're missing in our society is that people who do not give back unselfishly, people look give back in order to get something in return. And that's not my goal. That's never been my goal, never been my, my reality. It is to do what I need to do to give back because at the end of the day, to me, that becomes my success. Mm. And with the many success of these, of these you know, Young people, all I can do is just sit back, I can smile, I can chuckle, and I can just remember when they were young and as they were going through, just like I know that, you know, if my grandparents were still alive or if, um, you know, my, my, my pop peep was alive, you know, he was like, you know, Robert, I remember when, you know, and if y'all were still alive, I remember when you were at Colgate that first year and, you know, you did not do well and, you know, and, and that's a shout out to for, you know, students. You don't have to do well all the time. Sometimes, you know, there's going to be times where you're going to have failures, and that's okay. 
It's right. how you right. rebound and get back up. And, you know, and right. you know, and as I as I tell my 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 mentees is that don't ever beat yourself up to the point that you give up. Mm. Yeah, you may get beat up. You may get a little disappointed, but guess what? The next step is what are you going to do now after? And that's what I tell myself. You know, when I came back home from, you know, taking my comprehensive exam, you know, in college for my doctoral degree, I was so disappointed. I was like, I, I wrote so much and wrote so much and wrote so much, Dr. Jones, that, I, you know, I didn't even finish the last question. And I beat myself up so bad, and I was like, and I, and I, and I, and I, I went to the house of, um, you know, Mama Pat and, you know, Papa Keith, and, I, and with Dr. Jones, I was in tears because I said, I'm not going to get this doctoral degree. And they said, you better pick up and get it right because you did your best. Did you not? Yes, I did. As I was my tears in my eyes. I did. I did. <laughs> and, 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 and I realized that, you know, you need those times. And when I got my comprehensive exams, like, guess what? Even without finishing the entire question, I did well in the other ones that I did. So God is still on the throne. So even in the midst where you think that you have failed, because we do feel that way at times, because that's what we're human. But right, you have right. to know that you got to pick yourself back up and move forward. And, and see, I can share those stories with my village because I've been through it. And I know what it's like, you know, hmm. when you get that first F on your, on your paper. Or as Dr. Jones, when you write those English papers and as you use your pen to correct. And then they look at it like, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. <laughs> and they, but but, but you, 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 need, you, need those, you need those situations to become a better who? To better you. Because if right. you stop getting those situations, then you think that you, then you've already stopped growing. And every day you should be what? Growing. And to me, that becomes most important to me. So I just want to be a better me and to begin to help more young people in this village and around our community. And I think, you know, my involvement, my new involvement, you know, with the Broward Sheriff's Office Social Justice Task Force is going to allow me to begin to impact even more lives. Because here I am, what I talk about with these, with these minority men, now I can go into task force and my knowledge and background can begin to do what? Help others who are going through it. So, so I'm so like, I mean, it's like, I'm so elated. I'm like, God, you just keep opening doors and keep blessing, but you're only using me to become a vehicle for change. And I think that's what I'm excited more about is that God continues to use me as a vehicle for change for our community. And that's what I want to continue to be able to do as I move forward. And we want to say thank you so much, Doc, for being here with us today. What an inspiring episode. And to all of our listeners, those new and veteran, if you'd like to listen to, listen to any of the other episodes you may have missed in our franchise, you can go and visit us on Apple Podcasts or on Google Play and look up Everyday Folks Rich. And lastly, we want to plug our future shows. We have a show coming up tomorrow night, Fright Talk, one of our series, which looks at everything horror and suspense at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Please check us out. And also go to everydayfolksradio.com for more of our scheduling and programming listings. And lastly, please follow the South Florida Village. If you're on Instagram, get um, go ahead and type in that name. The South Florida Village is the name to follow. There's some exciting, incredible things that you'll see there. And you can stay in touch and reach Dr. Morris there as well. Until our next episode, I thank you very much for listening and take care and stay safe. Thank you, Dr. Jones. You're welcome, sir.